Good morning, everyone. Amen. The Lord is good. I, I love this week. Don't you love Thanksgiving? It's one of my favorite weeks of the year. I, I just, I really just enjoy it. I, I, and I know there's Christmas decorations up. Don't let that uh, scare you. Uh, it was just, we were running out of time. And for next week, we were looking ahead, so we just started, we got an early start on it. So my apologies if that's offensive to you, but we're just looking ahead. But thank, thank goodness for Thanksgiving. I, I, I love it. I know uh, some people have taken the song seriously. There's no place uh, like home for the holidays, and they're traveling. And, and I pray for traveling mercies for those that are watching online. Uh, welcome. And for those that have made it home uh, safe and sound. I'm glad that you're here as well. God is good, isn't he? I, I want to talk to you today, of course, about Thanksgiving. I want to talk about the art of appreciation. The art of appreciation. We can appreciate talent uh, without enjoying the outcome or even the subject matter. Uh, I know that uh, I was just talking this morning. We, we have, you know, if you've ever been to the Louvre, uh, or any of the other uh, amazing museums around the world, you'll see art with a variety of mediums that they have used. And, and sometimes you can really appreciate the talent and the dedication of the artist and not really enjoy the subject matter. You ever done that? Uh, it's the same thing is with, uh, with uh, music. You know, sometimes you can appreciate the artist's vocal cords and, and their tones and not really like the song. It's kind of like they say, it can't, it's kind of like a candy bar. You, you keep the candy bar and you throw away the wrappers. No one even got that one. Oh, that's sad. No, I can, I can even appreciate that. Uh, but Gratitude is, a, is an emotion. We've, we've all um, watched people in sports that are, that are great at a sport. And I can look at um, soccer and I think, man, these people, men and women, they are athletic. They are great at what they're doing. I could never do that. And yet I'm never going to watch a, a sporting match of soccer because there's always something else to do. But it doesn't mean I don't appreciate them. Gratitude is the emotion of giving thanks for the good things in our lives. Uh, Paul taught about, about giving thanks. And I want to look at a passage of scripture found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Paul is writing to the church in Thessaloniki. And, and he's coming to the close of his of his. Uh, message to them, his letter to them. And if you read the entire letter, you'll notice in the very beginning he has a, a greeting, a welcome, a salutation, and here we and then he gets to the meat of it. And toward the end of the letter, he starts writing these things to do, things to remember. It's kind of like sometimes when you talk to uh, people you love or your children, and if they were going to go out and you all one of the last things you say, okay, you have everything you need. Do you have your jacket? Do you have money? Uh, used to be, do you have a dime so you can call home? Uh, those type of things. And then you'd say, okay, be good. And there's a whole little list of things that you would, that you would tell them. 
in response because you were trying to get them to remember everything that you wanted them to accomplish or to do. And if you would go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 for me, please. Here's Paul, and he's saying, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to look at this passage of Scripture here for a moment because, for one, uh, when, he, when you look at it, there's something wrong with it. It's not the words. It's the pronunciation. It's the, it's the commas. Those commas should be semicolons. And you say, well, how do you know that? I used to teach English. This is the nerd part coming out in me, okay? And when you, when you look at the original translation and you say, well, what's the difference between a, a comma and a semicolon? Are you ready? I'm going to tell you. You're going to love it. A comma just connects things randomly. It, can, it, could, it could be anything. Hey, when, if you're going out, don't forget your shoes. Hey, pick up that letter. Hey, do this. They don't have to be connected. But a semicolon connects thoughts together. And, and when you look at the original writing, it's not where Paul's saying, oh, pray, oh, give thanks, oh, be happy. He's connecting them together. He said, I want you to rejoice always or always be joyful. I want you to continue to pray and I want you to give thanks in all circumstances. These are connected. They're not random thoughts that he's just throwing out, but they're all connected with semicolons that simply says, here, these things build upon one another. They're connected to one another. They're not random thoughts that I'm just putting out here so you to, uh, to keep up with, but these are connected. And all three of them are connected if you really want to be found in God's will. And I want to look at the first one. He said, number one, be full of joy. Don't you love that? Be full of joy. Why should we be full of joy? Because he says that we are the children of light. If you read the, the entire uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he says, we're the children of light. We're the children of day. We're not going to be caught off guard. We're not designed for the, to suffer the wrath of God. He goes through all these amazing things, and he says, I want you to always rejoice. Now, he is not saying that it is a feeling of euphoria that you have to experience every single day. Have you ever met somebody that was happy all the time? Aren't they annoying? To be honest, there's some things in our lives that we just, they hurt, or you get angry, or you're frustrated. And you say, well, I don't have those emotions. Well, I have plenty of them. I'll give them some to you. Because there, there are times in life that you feel exasperation, frustration, anger, hurt, Grief, all of these things abound in life and their, and their emotions that, that God has created us and we, and we have them. How can you always rejoice and yet at the same time experience sadness and loss? 
Paul is simply saying, listen, you need to realize that above all things, beyond this life, there is a life to come. And it's your eternal perspective that will always give you a song of joy in the midnight hour. That it doesn't matter what we're experiencing today. There is a day. Paul was saying in 1 Thessalonians, there's a day coming when the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ rise. And then we which are alive and well shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we be ever with the Lord. There is coming a day that is going to be above and beyond everything that we are experiencing in this life. The good things that make us smile and the bad things that make us hurt. This life but a moment this life is but a vapor of smoke this life is like the flowers of the field that are here today and gone tomorrow we are to experience all of the emotions that life has to offer good ones and bad ones happiness and sorrow we we experience them all but in the midst of everything for those that know Jesus Christ there is a song that wells up within us that says it is well with my soul it's that song Paul and Silas sang in the midnight hour. It's that song that kept them going. It's the song that keeps you going through difficult times. That it's in your soul. That you know, that you know, that you know, that, you're, that you know your creator and your creator knows you. And when he looks at you, he does not see you as sinful, but as sinless because Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You know because in Lamentations chapter 3 where the Bible says that, that, that God's wrath will not always be with people but his mercies are new every morning because of his great love that he has for us. You may be walking through something right now. I don't know. But I do know this. That God loves us. God cares for us. God is passionate. God is graceful. God is merciful. And above all, God is loving toward his children. And he does not view everything that we experience in this life that we would consider bad as bad. Our greatest joy is to have the opportunity that one day we will see him. Rejoice always. He goes on to say, connect. If you're going to always rejoice that you have this relationship, he said, continue to pray. Pray continually. I love that King James says, pray unceasingly or never stop praying. The whole thought is not that you're going to pray 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Here's the real thought that he's trying to convey. Don't stop talking to God. Don't stop talking to God. In good times, talk to Him. 
in bad times, talk to him. When everything seems to be mediocre, talk to him. Because the reason why Christ came and the reason why God wants to spend eternity with us is, are you ready for this? He enjoys your friendship. He enjoys conversation with you. You say, well, I'm not a conversationalist. Well, you know what? You can be. Because God loves us. Remember Adam and Eve, and the, the Bible says that God would come down and speak to them in the cool of the day, every day. And he would say, hey, guys, because he was from California. Hey, guys. <laughs> what would you do today? Like God didn't know. You know, and, 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 and he had this relationship with him. Can you imagine the smile in God's heart as he communicated with his creation? As they expressed to him something new that they discovered in the world that he had created for them? God loves it when we talk to him. Last week after church, uh, Jessica and little Gwen was over at the house. They got ready to leave, so it's my job. I have to carry the grandchild out to the car. It's just one of the things you do. I put her in her car seat, and when I put her in her car seat, locked in, the car was running, the air, air conditioning was on, I closed the door, and all the doors locked. And the keys were in the car because it was running. Oh. I did two things. I called 911 and I went and got a hammer because I wasn't going to let that baby stay in that car. And I was terrified. To be honest, it just, I knew I could get her in a heartbeat. And I knew my daughter would forgive me for breaking her car apart. But the, police, uh, the fire department came and they came to the rescue and my wife liked, uh, thanked them so much that I had brought over three or four dozen cookies for them. So thank you guys. Uh, but what was amazing about that whole event other than it, uh, it tears you apart. Even though you know they're safe, they're in their car and they're crying. They're saying, why aren't you getting me? And, and, and when she got out of the car, she had to, had to have me hold her and she doesn't speak yet and yet she was jabbering away telling me all the trauma that she had just endured and you say how do you know she was it was just the look on her face you know what she was saying she was saying Pompey I just went through this horrific event and she was telling me with tears and, and it was getting me and the whole time my heart was just growing oh because we were connecting because she wanted to tell me what had happened to her and do you think God's any different that when we go to him and say, God, look what happened. We were in this circumstance, and, and we didn't know how we were going to get out. And, and God's sitting there the whole time saying, I can get to you anytime I need to. But I'm going to allow the situation to unfold. And God desires and longs for us to just talk with 
him. Not to just give him our, our laundry list of things. We do that, don't we? Oh, God, we need you right now. No, God, we need this, we need that, we need this, we need that. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. The Bible tells us to, to come to him. And, but there's something about praying continually, talking to God. Just talk to him. And you say, well, my heart's not perfect. Good. That's a great time to talk to God. And you know what I'd start with? Lord, I love you, and my heart's not perfect. Lord, I'm struggling with this, but you know it. Have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with God. See, there are times in prayer that you're going to worship him, that you're going to magnify him, that, that tears are going to flow, that you're going to see him high and lifted up. And, and you're going to just do nothing but praise him and worship him. And I get that. I understand that. And there are times you're going to come to God and say, God, we are in, a, in need. And, and you're going to you know, remind him of his word and, and, and everything else. But there are also those times when, when everything is going great and, and there's nothing going wrong. That you just want to sit down and have a conversation with God. Paul is saying, listen, you need to be thankful that you have the relationship. Rejoice that you have the relationship. Two, keep talking to God. You know, it's in those small conversations that you have with God that you gain more wisdom and insight from Him than any other time. Because when we quiet ourselves enough to talk to the creator of the heavens and the earth he begins to speak to us I've often said he'll speak to you in a way that you understand he goes on to say don't all, rejoice always because you have a relationship with God and, and give thanks uh, and, and pray continually keep talking to him but then he also says give thanks in all situations or in all circumstances. I like that. Be thankful at all times. Be thankful at all times. Notice it doesn't say be thankful for all circumstances. That's a big difference for and in. Be thankful in all circumstances when the circumstances are amazing. Be thankful when the circumstances are less than stellar. Be thankful. Be thankful. Giving thanks. Be thankful in all circumstances. Let's go back to English. I, I love. Let's diagram a sentence. You want to diagram a sentence with me? You'll love this. Give thanks in all circumstances. The subject is. In parentheses, it's you. You give thanks. Give is an active verb. That simply means you have the responsibility to thank God. It's our responsibility to dig deep in any type of situation we find ourselves in and give thanks to him. 
So we give the thanks. Who are we giving thanks to? To God. What are we giving thanks for? See, because giving thanks requires somebody to give thanks. It's somebody to receive the thanks. And then you have to have a reason to be thankful. So we give thanks. We are the ones. We are the ones that give the thanks to God. It's an active verb that we have to do the giving because nobody else can give thanks for us. It's up to us to be able to go to God and give him thanks. It's like the song we just sang, Blessed Be His Name. He gives and He takes away. But my soul will choose to say, Blessed be His name. We are the ones that have to give thanks. It's a giver. We are commanded to give thanks. It's not a request. It said, Give thanks in all circumstances. In Daniel chapter 6, the Bible tells us in Daniel chapter 6 that, that Daniel was above everybody else in Babylon, that the king had taken 120 princes and sent them over all of the land, and he took three people above them, so each one was over 40. And it says that the Bible says that, that Daniel was so excellent that he that the king was going to put him above the other two. The only person in the entire kingdom that was going to be over Daniel was the king himself. And nobody else liked that. So they set a trap for him. They knew that Daniel loved God. They knew that Daniel prayed. Isn't that amazing that, that sometimes that people around you, they'll know if you, you're a person of prayer or conviction or not. But he prayed, and he gave thanks to God every single day. The Bible says that, his, that on the top of his house, his windows were open toward Jerusalem, and three times a day, every single day, Daniel prayed and gave thanks. So these so these. Men, these other leaders, they said, I, I, I can't get him on his character because he's spotless in his character. He's spotless in his conduct. He's spotless in his affairs for the king. He doesn't take bribes. He doesn't do anything. So the only way we're going to get him is if we can get him in defiance to his God. So they went to the king and they said, oh, king, live forever. That, they didn't mean that. They said, you know what, you're the greatest, you are amazing, and you could just see the king's head that's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. He said, I know what we need to do. You are so amazing and so great that what we need to do is we need to get you to make an, a decree that can't be unaltered by the law of the Medes and Persians, that anybody that that offers prayers to any other god but you for 30 days will be thrown into a lion's den. And the king, overcome with pride, signed it into law. And then Daniel heard about it. And he was terrified, and he ran and hid in a cave. For 30 days it's not what the Bible says if you would go to that next passage Daniel 6 10 it says now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published 
Notice, he learned after it was published. He didn't know beforehand. He had been betrayed by the people he works with and the people that worked under him. You ever been betrayed? Hurts, doesn't it? Daniel had been betrayed. He went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open toward Jerusalem, just like he always did. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed and gave thanks to his God. Do you think he was giving thanks to God for the decree? Do you think he was sitting there saying, God, I so thank you for this decree because I've always wanted to be an appetizer for a bunch of lions. He wasn't giving thanks for the decree, but in that circumstance, he was thankful that God was his provider, that God was his, and that he belonged to God. Isn't that amazing that that Daniel, in this difficult time, knew that if he prayed, he was going to risk his life, and yet he was willing to do it, and he did it willingly because there was something greater than a decree of man, and that was his relationship with God. And there was nothing that was going to keep his heart from rejoicing in his relationship with God. There was nothing that was going to stop him from talking with God and and giving him thanks. We can't allow the, the things that are around us to interfere because what Paul is trying to convey to the church in Thessalonica is the same thing that, that if we want to be thankful today, we need to rejoice, talk with God, be thankful for the people around us. Be thankful for the, for the friends and family that are here. And you say, well, not everybody's here, but be thankful for what is around you and be thankful that your name is written in the book of life. Daniel realized that, that being joyful in the Lord and having a relationship with God and, and being able to pray and, and give thanks to him was worth the risk of losing his life. I find that that story fascinating. We know the end of the story. Daniel was thrown, even though the king tried to get him out of it, threw him in the lion's den, closed the, and put the stone over the top. And the king, the Bible says the king could not sleep at all and early the next morning as soon as the sun was peering over them the hills he made his way to the lion's den and said oh daniel has your god delivered you and daniel said oh king my god has and you know what happened to his detractors The Bible says they they threw them and their families into the lion's den. And the lions started devouring them before they even hit the ground. That was one day that the... That was a very big Thanksgiving dinner for those, those lions. 
What, is it, what does that tell us? I'm going to ask our praise team to come back. What does that tell us about thanksgiving? Don't forget God. Don't forget to thank Him for all the good things that are going on. Thank Him in the, in the middle of difficult times. But the, the reality is to keep praying, keep talking, keep communicating, keep loving God because His love never fails for us. God's love is present in all circumstances. Would you stand with me? This Thursday, we're going to, we're, we, all of us, most of us in the U.S., which is, is ironic because if you grew up with Thanksgiving here in the U.S., you go to other countries, they don't even know what it is. And I think, how backward are you? Uh, but the reality is, it, it's, a, it's an American culture. It's an American holiday. It's a time set aside in our country to give thanks to God for what he has done. So, my thought today is, what are you thankful for? Are you allowing circumstances in life to keep you from being thankful to God? You don't have to be thankful for the circumstances. You can be thankful in the circumstances. And it's amazing that when we become thankful in circumstances, that's when our circumstances begin to change. Trust in the Lord. Believe in Him. This Thursday, don't forget to say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the provisions. I thank you for everything that you have given me. I thank you for family. I thank you for friends. And most importantly, I thank you for Jesus Christ. My friends, when we, when we remember to be thankful at all times and to continually talk with God and to give Him thanks for everything that's in, that we're in our lives, the Bible says this, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You want to be in the God's will? You want to be right where God wants you to be? Rejoice. Talk with God. And be thankful in all circumstances. And God's blessings will be on you because you will be in.